Welcome on in everyone to this week's edition of OA News Overtime. I'm Sarah Polcheski. I'm here with the always wonderful Justin Lee and Jordan Hill. So guys, what you been up to this week? It's been a busy week. Been busy with uh, Auburn sports, high school sports. We got a lot of teams that are going on to the final four. It's been an exciting week and a busy week, but been fun to see a lot of kids make some big plays. It's good. Like Jordan said, uh, we've got teams moving on. Um, we've got a lot of news from, I mean, everything's going on right now. We've got baseball, basketball, softball, everything's happening. So what's not going on, right, Sarah? Exactly. It's a pretty busy time for all of us when it comes to the crossover seasons with high school, Auburn, winter, spring, all at the same time. It's actually really fun for us to be able to do all that stuff at once. But before we kick off today's podcast and kind of get in the nitty gritty of the latest Auburn sports, I want to start with a shout out to Auburn's own Unique Thompson, breaking records on Tuesday night. So Justin, you're our Unique Thompson rebounding record watch official. Um, what can you tell us on Unique's record-breaking evening? Yeah, we've been tracking it all year, uh, and she she finally got there. And um, it's it's it was a long road because of all the uncertainty with COVID. Um, she's had games postponed. Uh, she had one game canceled with Vanderbilt, one game postponed for more than a month. And as we were looking at it, you know, pretty much since the turn of the year, I was like, okay, she's averaging about, she needs to average about six rebounds a game to get it. She's averaged about seven rebounds a game to get it. She was, it was coming out of the wire there. Uh, but with, I guess, three games to go here in the regular season, she got it. And uh, she even posted on Twitter, I don't know what she said exactly, but she said, man, what a relief, you know, because uh, it was, it was going to come down to the wire, but she, she pulled it off or she said, she said, I can breathe now. I think so. Yeah. So there you go. She did it. And then uh, I saw today, uh, Becky Jackson, who's the person she passed, who held that record for 37 years. She, she's her last season at Auburn was in 84. Um, so it's a long, it's a long standing record. Uh, but she congratulated unique uh, in a video message that they posted uh that they posted here today on, on Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, that was a, that's a, I mean, you, not every day you see a 37 year record fall. So there you go. New queen of rebounding at Auburn. And I thought it was pretty interesting. I was sort of keeping up with it. That was going on during the Auburn men's basketball game against Florida. So I was kind of keeping track of where unique was and we knew she needed 10 rebounds against a pretty good Mississippi state team. And I checked right around halftime in the women's game and she had seven and I was like, Oh man, she had seven in the first half. So, you know, you kind of got the feeling barring something crazy. She was going to break that, but yeah, it was a good opponent to, to have that record come against. That was a good performance. It was a shame because Auburn led for probably about three quarters of that game. And you thought, man, this might be like a really big night, you know, unique breaks the record and Auburn may pull up a big upset. Couldn't quite get it done, but kudos to unique. That was a great performance. And, and, yeah, we've seen how she's worked while she's been there at Auburn. It, it was really nice to see someone who you know has put in the time. And I've seen other people talk about, you know, the way Auburn as a team has performed the last few years. She could have very easily left and, and tried to transfer, been a big transfer, go somewhere else. But she stayed, and, and now she's part of the uh, record book now at Auburn. I guess it's not just the icing of the cake, on the cake for her, but it's a nice little – I guess crown she gets to wear to end her season season here at Auburn. So once again, uh, I think everybody in Auburn can say congrats to Unique Thompson for breaking the record on Tuesday night at Mississippi State. Um, now that we got the big fun news out of the way, let's kind of move into the nitty gritty of Auburn sports and nothing better than some Auburn football signings and recruiting news. Um, Auburn picking up two big signees this past week. 
Uh, Jordan, Justin, what are your thoughts on both uh, Dylan Brooks and Drayshawn Miller joining the Tigers? I think to start off, I think Dylan Brooks was a huge add. I think we all sort of thought that it was possible that Dylan Brooks was going to wind up at Auburn. He had signed with Tennessee. Tennessee fires Jeremy Pruitt. Dylan Brooks is pretty much immediately on social media saying, basically, I want to get out of here. Um, I think Tennessee did what they could to try to convince him to stay, to maybe hear out Josh Heupel and, and that new staff. Uh, didn't work out. He wanted to come back. He's from Roanoke, Alabama, so he was coming back closer to home. Huge addition for Auburn. I believe he is the highest-rated recruit in this latest signing class, uh, you know, excluding any transfers or anything like that, actual high school guys. I know he's a stud. I know he played well against Lynette, and you know if you play well against Lynette, you can ball. Uh, so that was pretty big to get him. Uh, Drayshon, Drayshon Miller, I think, is a big addition, too, from West Virginia. West Virginia was number one in the country in pass defenses last year. You know, when you think about Auburn and their needs, I don't think I would have necessarily said cornerback or the secondary was a big need. But you had a guy like Miller who has played well. He only played one year there at West Virginia. He was a JUCO kid before that. He's actually from Georgia. I think he's from Kennesaw, Georgia. So that's, again, a little bit closer to home and getting to play SEC football. And that's a huge addition. I think that that's big to, to bolster a secondary that we know has some proven guys coming back and a Roger McCreary and a Smoke Monday. So to get both of those guys, I think, is huge. And I think it goes back to the point that Brian Harson made the last time we talked to him on National Signing Day. Basically saying that recruiting doesn't stop just because this is signing day. We're still looking to add guys. We've already seen just, you know, it's been less than a month since signing day. And they've added two big guys and two guys that, you know, we could see get in the mix. And I think especially with Miller, I think you can kind of pencil him in as a guy that will probably be playing a lot of snaps in the secondary come the fall. I think it's a good idea to go after the best available. You know, like you said, it maybe maybe corner wasn't a need, but, man, he's out there. Um, and I, I wonder if they're done. You know, I wonder if somebody will, else will come through because, I mean, as far as, you know, if someone's unhappy and leaving, um, not a lot – you know, Auburn's a pretty sweet deal with, with spots open right now. They've got some of the best – you know what I mean? So they're a pretty good landing spot this summer. So – I wonder if they'll get another guy like the, like those two. But, yeah, two big uh, post-signing day uh, signees. Um, but you wonder maybe there'll be more on the way. And we've talked with a few different people about roster management and team building. And a lot of people think that that is sort of the way for a, a Brian Harson, a Shane Beamer in South Carolina, to kind of get ahead of the game as far as rebuilding, that you can go out and get guys in the transfer portal and not have to rely on high school guys to – immediately hit the ground running uh, that's a that's a tough task so I think that that's a big addition specifically in Miller and, and and then another really good addition as far as a high school guy in Dylan Brooks. I think the Dylan Brooks uh, signing is even more important because just his signing alone to Auburn raised their recruiting class from number 27 to 20. So for Auburn fans who might not know what they're getting in a Dylan Brooks what can fans maybe expect from this defensive end? I think that they got a really good pass rusher that's obviously going to have to bulk up. I mean, you know, no offense, but playing class 4A high school football and then jumping in the SEC is going to take a little bit of a time, but that's natural. Nobody's expecting anybody to just come out, but he's been really impressive. He's played really well. Um, I think he's got the ability to um, become a guy in a few years that can really uh, make a difference on this defensive line and play a big role. So I'm interested to see his development. You know, they've got some older guys that he can kind of learn under and, 
and, uh, you know, defensive line coach Nick Easton that I've heard, you know, from some of the recruits that have gotten to know him that they're already really taking a liking to. So, uh, you know, Easton was a guy that's got NFL coaching experience and played in the NFL as well. So I think he's stepping into a good situation and in due time, I think he's got a chance to really make a difference. We heard about him during the high school season, you know, when uh, Lynette played Hanley, we heard all about 26, you know, uh, he's one of their star players. So, yeah, definitely he's turned a lot of heads. So if you're Auburn, you hope he'll turn heads at the college level too. And I think some people got to be excited because his high school uniform looked like the Crimson Tide. So I think they're probably a little bit tickled that uh, he's going to be wearing, wearing Auburn colors here soon. And something else to kind of add on, Jordan, you put out earlier today asking for questions from Auburn fans that they want uh, one of us to answer. And something that's pretty interesting to me, especially with the signing of Miller, is the status of Christian Tut for this coming season. Some fan reached out and said he just wants to know what's the status of Christian Tut for this upcoming year. The curious case of Christian Tut. We're, we're still sort of trying to figure that out. Shout out to Chris Miller who asked the question. Uh, you know, it was a weird situation where you saw Tut announce that he was declaring for the NFL draft. And a few weeks later, it appeared that he had changed his mind and he was entering the transfer portal. Then there was a report that he left the transfer portal. I think we still don't have clarification on what his status is. Um, we haven't had a chance to talk to Brian Harson since National Signing Day, so we haven't had a chance to ask him as far as if Tut's still on the team. Give a shout out to 247 Sports' Nathan King, who reported that Tut has not been listed on Auburn's winter workouts and that the NFL had put out some more stuff about early NFL entrance into the 2021 NFL draft. And at the time, Tut's name was still listed on there. So I don't think we know anything definitively, but it seems like Christian Tut's not going to be back in 2021, which again adds an addition like Miller, um, adds the importance of it, adds the importance of really bolstering that secondary. We've seen several guys uh, really stand out. Ladarius Tennyson, I think, is the guy that if Tut is not coming back, he seems like he may be the next starting nickelback. He impressed at times this past fall. Um, so, yeah, we don't know for sure as far as if Tut's coming back, but based on what we've seen and, and again, based on the lack of anything from Christian Tut and uh, the lack of anything from Brian Harson. Uh, still can't say for 100% certainty what his status is going forward. Be doubtful, though, especially, you know, like you said, read between the lines. They just added a cornerback. You know, hard, hard to see him coming back at this point, but who knows? I mean, who knows? Stranger things. And we're still waiting to see if even a guy like Big Cat. We haven't seen him land anywhere after it looked like he was going to Tennessee. So, right. to your point again, you made a few minutes ago, Justin. They still have room if they decide, hey, we'll get another veteran that – knows how it works here and, and at the very least can give us more depth. Maybe Big Cat comes back. So kind of building off of this stranger things that everything's a little off, a little weird. I just want to dive right into our next subject, Auburn basketball. And let's be honest, the odd, really strange thing is that they don't disclose injuries until I guess minutes before game time. And I guess the big question now, have we seen Sharif Cooper play his last game in an Auburn uniform? I think it's a fair question. And yeah, Sarah, I was sitting courts, or I guess not courtside, but where the media sits at the game. And somebody had pointed out Sharif hadn't warmed up. And, you know, I didn't have any uh, indication that he wasn't going to play. Watched the team walk out to warm up. Still didn't see Sharif. And like two and a half minutes later, you just looked down and saw somebody walking across in a boot and it was Sharif. So yeah, I had no idea that that was coming. Left ankle injury that, uh, 
that Bruce Pearl said he suffered on Sunday. And I think it's a fair question to say if he does he play again. I mean, there's no point in rushing him back, uh, you know, even if they had something to play for, but Auburn doesn't. Uh, so I think they're going to take it slow. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would be surprised if we saw him against Tennessee on Saturday and then, you know, you got Alabama and maybe Mississippi State after that. We still don't have clarification if that Mississippi State game's coming. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if, if we've seen the last of Sharif, which is just a shame. And, and I wrote a story about this on Wednesday that will be in Thursday's paper about all the blows this Auburn team has taken. I mean, you know, Bruce Pearl compared it to a gut punch, one thing after another, starting with the self-imposed postseason ban. Then you start the season without Sharif. Are we even going to get Sharif or waiting to get word on Sharif's status? He finally comes back. Just before he came back, Justin Powell got hurt. He still hasn't come back. And then you get 12 games where Sharif shows what he's able to do, and then he gets hurt. So uh, it's a shame. I know it's tough for some of those guys. Uh, talked to JT Thor after that Florida game, and, you know, he talked about – he was honest about saying how how different, how difficult it was having to play without Sharif. Uh, but he, he tried to kind of look at it from the optimistic standpoint of, you know, this is going to make us better, that we'll only get better because of situations like that. So, so definitely a shame, but, Sarah, I don't think it's a, an unfair uh, question to say, will, will we see Sharif again? I, I'm not, not real convinced. We've seen that his NBA draft stock is pretty high. Uh, obviously, that could change, and he could ultimately decide to come back another year, but I think it's very much in question at this point. Right. It's sad. It's tough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he might be shut down for the year, and then obviously the NFL, the NBA draft question is next. But uh, you know, unless I mean, unless he feels a whole lot better today and wants to go play Alabama because Alabama is the top team in the conference, you know what I mean? That's the only really that you know. That otherwise, you know, you probably just shut him down for the year because there's no postseason. There's no reason for him to play really, and to uh, hurt, reaggravate an injury. Uh, before he's got to go show out to, to NBA teams. So uh, it's tough. It's tough. It's uh, And it's a tough break for him. I, I saw, like, today he just tweeted War Eagle just just blankly, you know, out of the blue, probably just a, just a little message of love to the school, you know. You know, even though it's been a short ride, you know, he wanted to – maybe he just wanted to say he's all in, you know. And uh, so he did that. So, I don't know. It's tough. It is tough. And to your point, Justin, I think Bruce talked about this when Sharif back when he was finally cleared that he could have just said, "All right, I'm, I, you know, I'm opting out. I'm just going to start getting ready for the NBA draft." He he could have very well said, "Look, I'm not waiting this thing out." Right. He decided to come back uh, and he played really well. So it is a shame, and you know, we're just kind of reading between the lines because we still don't know as far as if he does come back. But I will say, watching him on Tuesday he was walking pretty gingerly and he came out at first and just was walking just with the boot and then after in the second half he had a crutch and I mean he was walking pretty slow so I mean that doesn't mean one thing or the other um, it could he could wind up feeling a whole lot better as they get ready uh, for Tennessee and then Alabama but you know it, it's it's certainly a concern um, and, and certainly something to watch over the next few days. Yeah, and as we're talking about this, I'm just happening to look up multiple NBA mock drafts, and something I find rather interesting on one of them is that Alan Fl they have Alan Flanagan being drafted in the first round to Sacramento. 
and you don't and his name appears before Sharif Cooper's name. So I think that's another interesting twist you could throw into this is well, is Allen also gonna leave and then they don't have a point guard again? I think he could benefit from uh, kind of into today's process, you can enter, test the waters a lot now and pretty much get all the way up to the draft. And if it really looks unlikely that you're going to get dra drafted, you're gonna, you can pull back. So, yeah, we'll see. I think he's one of those process guys. I think he'll enter the process and we'll have to see how it goes. Obviously, you know, a coach's kid, he's, he's going to play at the next at, professionally somewhere sometime. Uh, it could be this year, and that would be a that would be a really big blow. Um, we've kind of talked about. I mean, you know, the next real point guard target for Auburn is uh, Scuda, and he's he's a year away. He's 2022, 2023. So if Sharif leaves, they're going to have to get a grad transfer point guard, some kind of mercenary to come in and bridge the gap. Uh, if Allen leaves, that's a whole other can of worms. So we'll see. I'm gonna give a shout out to Allen. He played 35 minutes in that game against Florida. I mean, he they had to have somebody step up, and Allen did it. So if that winds up coming true and he gets drafted, you know, we'll see if he winds up going out. But man, he deserves it from that sort of effort. And and because if he doesn't do that, I mean, I don't know if they're relying on those walk-ons that played a little bit. I mean, they were they were in a real bad situation, and he stepped up. And Jamal Johnson stepped up as well. Uh, Bruce said that he had been dealing with flu-like symptoms, and I think he played like 31 minutes. So, I mean, he wasn't exactly just playing spot duty. He, he played plenty of minutes. So, all those guys have really been grinding this thing out, trying to just make it work from a number standpoint, just because losing Justin Powell and then getting Sharif hurt, I mean, that, that's two really big blows. Yeah, and Auburn obviously just had two really big blowout losses, first at LSU on Saturday and then at home on Tuesday against Florida. And, you know, Auburn's the end of their season schedule is not easy. They got Tennessee coming to town on Saturday. And, you know, they also have Alabama to end the season, which is the top team in the conference and one of the top teams in the country right now. So where do you kind of see this Auburn team going maybe without Sharif for the end of the season? And how can this team get on the right track to not say lose embarrassingly again, like they did to Florida and LSU? Uh, it's nowhere good. They're not going anywhere good. And I don't, I don't see it. I don't see that happening. I think what you have to do is you have to refocus your goals. You have to say, you know, this is how we're going to build for next year. This is what, you know, if I'm Bruce Pearl, this is what I want to see out of JT Thor. This is what I want to see out of Dylan Cardwell. This is what I want to see out of these guys who, you know, are coming back. And then take your victories where you get them because I don't know, man. You know, you go to that rivalry game, who knows, going into Coleman. But, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be hard. I, I, I don't I don't. It's going to be really tough for them if Sharif doesn't play. I mean, you're playing without a quarterback. I mean, come on, what are you going to do? Yeah, I was going to say it's easier said than done. I mean, we know this Auburn team still has talent, and I think people need to come to terms with the fact that, like Justin just said, they just lost their quarterback. And you could just tell – I can't stress to people enough when you watch Sharif, when you're in the arena and you see him make plays, I mean, he sees things that you truly cannot see. I've seen him make passes at lead tally oops that you're just like, what is it? How did he even see that? I, I didn't even see a window there. He, he And again, I, I said it earlier, but JT Thor says, you know, that he opens things up. I mean, he makes things so much easier for his teammates because he's able to facilitate and, and you know, give those assists, set, set up those situations to score. 
Now they don't have that. And now they still don't have Justin Powell, who did a pretty good job stepping up with Sharif, uh, you know, when he didn't play while they were still trying to figure out his eligibility. So it's going to be tough. I, I hate to be the kind of person that harps on moral victories with the games that are left, but I don't know if you can say that, you know, these are not going to be tough losses. And, you know, they very well may be. Now I will say they're playing a Tennessee team that has not been playing its best basketball. Um, you know, you come in, they play at Auburn Arena. Who knows? Maybe Auburn gets fired up and, and maybe is able to hang with them. But I, I wouldn't uh, put anything past, you know, these being some some really tough games. And, you know, maybe, maybe we see Bruce just try a bunch of different lineups and see what he likes going into next year because it's going to be a really – Really rough road ahead, especially if Sharif Cooper isn't able to come back. I think the important question to ask for, for fans is is not so much, you know, is this team bad or whatever, which you see a lot of, oh, this team is bad. It's, the question is, is this, this is a rebuilding team. Is this rebuilding team rebuilding on schedule? That's the question. That's the question you got to ask. And it looks like, you know, it's, it, it may, you know, that's, that's, is, is the project behind? And if it is, you know, then Bruce goes into the offseason. How do you fix it? You know, if Sharif leaves, how do, who's the who's the point guard you bring in? You know, who's the mercenary that tries to piece this together? Um, that's 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 the question you should be asking. We all knew this was a rebuilding year, but after you know, obviously after two bad losses like that, I think it's a fair question to say: Is it behind schedule? And you know, possibly, what does Bruce need to change to get back closer to where he wants to be? Now, both of you talking about the future of Auburn basketball, just real quick, when I throw in that Jabari Smith is now Auburn's second McDonald's All-American. So that's something Auburn fans can look forward to next season is getting to see Jabari Smith play in an Auburn uniform. Second in two years uh, with Sharif. They've actually had four total, but then Sharif last year and now Jabari. So so they were able to double up their McDonald's All-Americans, and, and now they're – hoping that Jabari can come in and play just as well as they expect him to. You know what that is, Jordan? That's a pick two right there. Play the music. <laughs> well, Jordan, thank you for correcting me on my math. Um, on that note, we'll move to our other favorite indoor Auburn arena sport, which is Auburn gymnastics. Uh, the struggling Tigers, I wouldn't say they're struggling. Their record says they're struggling, but they finally got a win on Friday against Georgia. And it was quite a show-stopping performance. I mean, Justin Lee is our person who kind of knows gymnastics better than anybody else here on staff. So Justin, why don't you take it away with kind of the latest in Auburn gymnastics? Uh, Fergie said it best on Twitter. I'm jealous that he said it and he put it that way. It's that wins and losses in gymnastics don't matter. Like you said, they were 0-5 but ranked number 18 in the country because it's about the score. It doesn't matter that you just happen to be meeting Florida and LSU and they're the best two teams this whole time. But as J Justin put it, uh, wins and losses don't matter except when you beat your idol, right? So, you know, the win over Georgia uh, was a big one for them. So uh, right now they're, they're going at Florida, and they're actually pretty excited about that. Uh, it's kind of interesting. You guys might can, you know, kind of picture it. When you're going against number one in their home building, and, you know, they're going to be scored high because, you know, the, the judges are, you know, they're going to expect excellence out of them. But if you show – if you prove yourself, if you show, hey, you know, they're doing this over here and we're, over, we're at the same level, we're near the same level – uh, it's almost like kind of uh, swimming in a fast pool, running in a fast race, uh, you know, when two sprinters really push each other. Um, so that they Auburn thinks that, you know, usually typically in a sport, if you're going to play at number one Florida in football in the swamp, you're like, I don't want to do that. That sounds terrible. But <laughs> to go to go compete with number one Florida uh, 
in, in gymnastics, they figure that's an opportunity for them to kind of swim in a fast pool, like I said, and uh, put together a really good road score. Like if you're going to go put together a road score, you might as well do it in that gym where, you know, every, everything's falling, you know, everybody's flipping and, uh, you know, the, it's kind of the scoring's hot. So uh, that's where they're at. They're trying to do that. Uh, Cassie Stevens saw some upgrades she could throw. Uh, Drew Watson's tightening, tightening things up. Ariel, Aria Brush has some upgrades she, she could throw um, because she's still coming back from shoulder injury. So all in all, uh, a few little things they could do to try to up that road score, and this will really give them a chance. You need uh, your best two home scores and your best two road scores um, count for postseason seeding. So you want to get a good road score, and they they're, think this is a pretty good opportunity for them to go get a good road score. Well, Justin, thank you. I mean, uh, for people who haven't noticed, Darion Gilborn is uh, just kind of tearing it up. She was SEC Specialist of the Week after her show-stopping performance on three different events at Auburn Arena. Just kind of lit up the, I guess, the conference, if you would like to say that. But um, I guess our other women's sport that's going on now, we actually have multiple. I keep forgetting Auburn soccer is playing this spring, but... It's softball season, and Auburn got to finally meet an SEC opponent in its second weekend this past weekend. Um, and so the latest with Auburn softball, you know, last weekend they went to Jacksonville. They split a series with South Carolina, but I think they saw some good things out of their freshman pitcher, Maddie Penta. So what were your guys' thoughts after this past weekend? I, think, I mean, I think it's a fair performance. You know, it's your first, first uh, you know, first, first, games this year against SEC competition, South Carolina's ranked number uh, number 19, and you win one and you lose one, and the one you lost was 6-5, to five and you were down 6-1 and, and came back all the way at the end and, and almost tied the game. Uh, I say those are two pretty fair performances. Uh, it's right about where Auburn wants to be. It'd be hard to really say that Auburn is behind schedule, I think. Like, you'd have to be, you know, obviously, Mickey Dean probably thinks that because he's the coach and he's their biggest skeptic, but unless you're their biggest skeptic, uh, it's hard for me to, you know, yeah, I think I think they're on schedule for where they want to be right now. Um, and then they play at home this this week. Um, and then, you know, uh, SEC play starts in March. So, uh, yeah, it, right now, you know, you, you hope to just see a steady increase in improvement when you're mixing that many young players with older players. Um, and because it's an adjustment for the older players too, man. Like, you got to think about it. If you're a senior now, you're playing with uh, – uh, you know, if you're a second base and your shortstop's a freshman, that's a new person that you're learning. So that's that's there's area for improvement there for for the older even the older players uh, to get used to their younger teammates. So uh, I think I think you're kind of feeling all right about uh, you know it's it's you would think it's not going to say stagnant. You would think that there's actual room for growth ahead, and it's just a matter of them uh, reaching that room for growth. So. That's that. That's that's where I think Auburn softball is, and uh, we'll see what they do this weekend. You, you got five non-conference teams. You see if you can sweep it, and uh, just build more confidence. Get get confidence in those younger players too. I think that's important. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Justin. I will say I'm really disappointed in both of us when they won the South Carolina game. We really should have ran a headline winner winner chicken dinner. But <laughs> other than that, you hit on you know you have found out that that South Carolina series would be what you wanted to see. That'd be an early test where you could see how good they were. I think to split it and, and again, in the way they lost that second game, I think that's a positive sign. We'll have to see if they can continue playing well and see if they can ride that into actual SEC play in, in a little bit. 
going over to the other diamond, Auburn baseball has been lighting up the bats. They swept Presbyterian this past weekend. And as we record this on a Wednesday night, I just checked the scores 22 to nothing Auburn against Alabama A&M. They beat Alabama A&M, I think 18 to one yesterday, which would have been Tuesday. But the team gets their first big test this coming weekend, going to Texas and facing, I would say probably some of the toughest baseball teams you can face with Oklahoma, Baylor, and Texas A&M. So what have you guys kind of seen out of this Auburn team baseball-wise? Sorry, I forget this is an Auburn um, podcast. So what do you kind of have seen from this baseball team, and where do you kind of expect this weekend to go? I think what we've seen so far is about what we would have expected because we knew, you know, they were more talented than these teams that they're facing. I think it's funny that Tuesday Alabama A&M game, they scored 18 runs. At the point that I guess that game had gone final or at the point where the Auburn Arena PA announcer got the score, Auburn basketball had 18 points. So the baseball team had scored as many points as the Auburn basketball team had at that time. So that was a, a good sign for the baseball team, not, not so good for the men's basketball team. But I think, you know, promise it and start. I think we'll learn a lot about this baseball team this weekend. I think it'll be really telling to see – who Butch Thompson puts out there on the mound, what they look like, how they kind of handle these starts against some really talented teams. Um, so, so far, so good. But I think the conversation we have next week about the baseball team will probably be more informed with what we think, where this team could kind of be in the mix as far as the SEC is concerned and, and where the areas of weakness are as they kind of ramp up and, and get into really the, the full uh, – competition and, and playing some of the more tougher teams on their schedule. Jason said they're going the distance. So I guess uh, with COVID and everything, they're like, no run rule tonight. We're going to try to get as many, you know, college baseball innings in as we can. Currently 26 to nothing. So we'll see in the sixth. So we'll see what that final score looks like. But yeah, yeah. we'll know a lot more next week. This, 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 this next weekend is, you know, just like softball had their first big test. This is it for baseball this next weekend. If I'm an Alabama A&M outfielder right now, I'm acting like I did when I was like four or five. I'm sitting in the grass, playing in the grass with my glove probably on my head, just waiting for this game. I used, I, I used to do the thing in the dugout with the water spigot where I'd pour it in my hat and put it on real fast. That was my you can tell, anybody listening to this could tell that if we were getting into sports, it was not by what we were doing on the field. We, we, we had already, we had already kind of made our bed and we're getting ready to lie in it. Sometimes when I was catcher, when I played catcher, I would pour dirt in the glove so that when the ball hit it, it'd go poof. That was like my entertainment. <laughs> I was terrible. I was a terrible player. Man, I was bad. Yeah, speak for yourselves. I think I'd fare a little bit better when it comes to sports. It just so happened injuries forced me into this career field. I'm not the, was never the kid sitting in the outfield playing with the dirt yes, or having their glove on their head. I was that kid that was fighting to play first fighting another teammate to play first base because I wanted it and I thought I was better than him so that was kind of where I was when I was seven years old trying to play baseball with the boys um so yeah there's baseball our sports background you know uh Auburn soccer is also going on there hosting LSU this weekend on Friday night I know this year's a little bit different I don't know if y'all have any insight to kind of Give people an idea of just what's kind of going on with SEC soccer right now, since it is typically only played in the fall. It's just interesting. I uh, I haven't talked to Coach Hoppe yet. I'm trying to. We'll see. I've been busy this week. But, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting that they have a non-conference schedule now. 
Uh, but they're still going to play their biggest rivals. They're still going to play, you know, LSU, Georgia, and Alabama. Uh, it's kind of funny how that worked out. You know, I don't know if they did that on purpose or not. But uh, it's mostly – it's largely a non-conference schedule. Um, the reason for that is so we can just – you know, they're not going to say it this way, but we can. In the fall, they wanted to play football, so they needed to have women's sports opposite football. So they played volleyball and soccer. Even though, they, even though the NCAA tournaments had been moved to the spring, the SEC decided to play there. So – the SEC soccer played, a, played their own little season, had their own little tournament. Uh, but now with the NCAA tournament in the spring, they can, they're going to play out their non-conference. You know, usually you build your, play your non-conference before your conference. Now they're just going to play in the spring about eight games. And then with those, with those um, games, try to earn your way into an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament. So these games count. It's them trying to, trying to earn their way into the NCAA tournament. Uh, they beat Kennesaw State five nothing. They play LSU next. Um, but yeah, it's a kind of a hodgepodge schedule. Some non-conference, uh, but then you know Auburn and Auburn got together with LSU, with Georgia and Alabama, and said we want to play again. You know, have a have a rivalry game, something for everybody to get excited about. So they're also going to have those three familiar foes mixed in with uh, the rest five non-conference games. So. Uh, I think Auburn should be feeling pretty good about where they are as far as the NCAA tournament. I think they're on pace as long as they have a good spring. Uh, you know, maybe win two or three of those rival rivalry games. I think they'll make the NCAA tournament again. Well, thanks for that insight, Justin. And um, I guess that means there's quite a bit of few Auburn sports at home this weekend. You got basketball inside. You got softball and soccer both outside. And Let's just talk. I'm sorry. I got to bring up the weather. I mean, you see these memes all the time throughout the country right now on Twitter of what you're like when it's 40 degrees in November versus 40 degrees in February. And for us, it's like when it's 70 degrees in November, but it's almost 80 degrees in February. So with this weather, what are you guys kind of planning to do? Are you breaking out the flip flops or can I attempt to pick up a basketball maybe? I'm just ready for it to warm up. I am the biggest wimp when it comes to the weather. I hate the cold. I hate it. So I'm ready for it to warm up a little bit and I can walk outside, walk around the neighborhood and just kind of get outside. Cause if it's, if it's lower than like 45 or 50, I'm, I'm bundled up. So I'm ready to, to get into a little bit of a heat wave. I had to turn my AC on today. It was beautiful. Reached over there. I was like, man, it's getting hot. And look at that. Look at that. I had to turn it from heat to cool. It was great. I'm in flip-flops already. I'm there. As soon as I got back from Montgomery, took my stuff off, shorts and flip-flops. I'm here. So, yeah, I'm ready for it. I like it. I think we're going to get some rain. Maybe that might make it cold again. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, it's shorts and flip-flops. You know what I love, though, man? I love that shorts, flip-flops, hoodie, that range. That's a good range for me. I like that. It's, it's cool, cool enough. You know, you still got to get a hoodie. You're comfortable. But the shorts, you're still shorts and flip-flops. Your legs are all right. That's my favorite. That's my favorite time. We didn't really have it this year. Maybe, maybe this will be it here in here in February. But yeah, then we're then we're in. Then we're it's spring, man. We're here, and then we'll be we'll be tired of it when it's 105 degrees and we're all miserable. But for now, yeah, it's a welcome change. Well, if you can't tell by Justin's little outfit description, he did not get a degree in fashion or design um, because you know flip flops and a, you know Justin, it's. It's the way the world works sometimes. Um, some of us don't go to school to be in fashion. Other people. Exactly. Some people are here for comfort. Other Function, people are. Not <laughs> well, guys, I mean, Justin just kind of tapped. 
topped it all off with his outfit right there. Um, so what do you guys got coming this week? Uh, I know lots of Auburn sports, so I'm sure you guys got some pretty cool stories in the works coming. Auburn sports, Auburn basketball. Uh, we'll probably be starting to work on some previews for some of our high school teams that are playing in the state championship games or playing in this final four, I should say. Um, probably have a story on Olivia Porter, who this is probably going to be her last season. Her dad, uh, Larry Porter, was on staff with the football team. Well, Gus Malzahn got fired. He joined the staff in North Carolina, so it looks like this is her last run with the Lady Tigers. Probably have a story on that. May have a story on No Solga. Uh, they had three different stops during the season due to quarantines. They kept playing. They only played 13 basketball games, but, buddy, they're two wins away from the state championship. So some fun stories on that front. I'm sure we'll still have some more football news, some more football stories. Got a lot of local kids getting offers from AU, so I'm hoping to do a story on that, kind of look at how AU is really hitting East Alabama and trying to get, uh, you know, some of those guys to stay home. So no shortage of stories and uh, really looking forward to sitting down and writing. Yeah, if you're an AU person, you know, Auburn High, uh, the girls basketball team, that has Olivia, like like uh, Jordan said, and then her teammate, Soraya Daniels, the daughter of Marquise Daniels. So a couple little AU connections there. Uh, they're going to the Final Four. The boys team is going to the Final Four. Nota Soga's going to the Final Four. Um, and then, yeah, and then we've got everything else. We're, we're wrapping up basketball, and we're about to, about to switch to the diamond, about to switch to uh, uh, softball and baseball. But this year we've got soccer mixed in, too, little AU soccer. So – yeah, it's going to be going to be different. And then, I mean, Lord, it's about to be give us two weeks and it's spring football again. So it never stops. It never stops. There's three seasons, football, spring football and recruiting. That's it. All the year. ABC, ABC always be crude. <laughs> well, guys, uh, thank you for just kind of joining us today. I mean, for everybody who's been listening to us, we really appreciate it. We appreciate the listens, the follows. If you watch us, um, instead of just listening to us, we extra appreciate that. And yeah, if you just have any questions for Justin or Jordan or myself, I mean, they're the two way more qualified people when it comes to the inside of Auburn athletics. Uh, tweet at them. They both have, are on Twitter and as is the OA News and is our podcast. We just got that this week. So, uh, just let us know what you want to know. And again, thank you so much for joining us this week.